Well, welcome to the Journey with Care podcast. This is a special weekend Thanksgiving, and with me in studio are very special guests. People that are near and dear to me are my parents, Alan and Anita Kaler. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Wendy. We're glad to be here. This is good. What a treat. So all across Canada, Thanksgiving is a kind of a big deal for many people where we gather as family and some churches gather and and share food together. And it's significant that it follows right after the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation and in a a very heavy topic and a time to celebrate our Indigenous people across Turtle Island. And now we are coming together for Thanksgiving. I want to ask you, what has Thanksgiving meant to you growing up? I know your name is Anita, but you're my mom, so I can't call you Anita. Um, I'm going to give you the term that I always call you is Nietzsche, lovingly known as Nietzsche. Nietzsche, what does Thanksgiving mean to you? Well, growing up, uh, Thanksgiving uh, was a time when harvest was done growing up in the farm. And uh, just to give thanks, take some time out to see what the Lord has blessed us with and share that with others. Yeah. And Alan Kaler, also known as Pops. Pops, what does Thanksgiving mean to you? Well, for a large, most of my life, we've grown up just recognizing that in, in fall, even though I grew up a, as a, a, town, a town boy, but uh, growing up and having Thanksgiving and having family together and inviting our neighbors often was part of our tradition in our home. And uh, yeah, so Thanksgiving is a, a kind of a transition time of the year, but also a time to celebrate. Now, when we think of Thanksgiving, I think of growing up as a child, having turkey dinners, pumpkin pies, lots of food, lots of friends and family around me. I want us to to hone in on a special topic that you, Nietzsche, are particularly gifted in. And Pops, you have demonstrated a lot of practice in is the word hospitality. So let's land on the word hospitality a little bit and and talk about what hospitality means to you. What would you say hospitality means to you? To me, hospitality is uh, opening your homes, your hearts, your arms to people, uh, not just in need. We sometimes think the people in need are the poor, but there's many rich that are very lonely and they want to belong. So I find that's an area that we can do hospitality. I think of around the table, of course, because I like to cook and serve. But hospitality is bigger than that. It is taking other people into your life, take them as they are, and build each other up. Well, when I think of hospitality, uh, Anita and I both grew up in homes where it was natural and normal for people to come over. So we grew up with a whole concept of what we have is not our own. We shared with others as we can and learning what it means also to receive hospitality. It's been a been a, a growth issue since I was a child. Hospitality has been a major theme for me growing up in our home. I remember always having different people around the table, people that weren't related to us, some were, Um, But many, a variety of people of different ethnicities and backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses, there was always a place at the table. Can you tell me more about what hospitality means from a biblical perspective? Is it something that just some people are just really good at? Oh, you are people, people, so you you do that so well. Or is is there something more to it 
from a biblical perspective? You know, hospitality, while it became natural to us from our families, in essence, the Bible speaks about it in two ways. And one is that it's a gift. And if you would know Anita better, she certainly is gifted in it. It's a spiritual gift. But it is also a command in Scripture, and one that we as families and churches and organizations need to practice more. And so it's become a very important topic to me. The first example of Jesus teaching his own disciples, when he sent them on their first mission trip, he sent them out to do miracles and all those things, and that was good. But he also sent them out saying, don't take along any of your supplies, because I think he was teaching them, if you want to be an effective minister in whatever profession and calling God has, you need to learn how to receive hospitality. Because I really believe that it is in learning to receive hospitality that we actually can maximize both the gift and the command. And whether you're gifted and whether you're an introvert or not, uh, there's a command for hospitality. And as you receive it, you will be able to extend it to those that need it in so much and in so many ways. Truth be told, I, I love hospitality. I love having people over. And that was the hard part for me to learn when we were in our role of traveling a lot to actually accept hospitality. That I felt, am I a burden to them? And God had to teach me that, and my husband helped me too. Elle helped me a lot of saying that they do it as unto the Lord, and you need to receive it as unto the Lord. I think that's a valuable point because so often we think of hospitality as a one way. We have to be the philanthropists, right? That we have to be the ones giving. And certainly there needs to be an element of generosity to hospitality. But it's in that mutual caring for each other, needing each other, inviting each other, belonging to each other that really creates an environment of hospitality. Because I can tell you, I've been to places that have beautiful spreads, everything to the hilt, and and just beautiful things. But I did not feel belonging. I felt served, and that's beautiful. But those places, even in, in South America or or in these situations that you would think, what could I possibly receive? I shouldn't be in this situation. I should be the giver. Those are the places that I felt like I belonged and that I was accepted and I could partake with people. Um, it's so much more than the Martha Stewart show wouldn't you say? Although you actually do a lot no. of Martha Stewarting. I, I, I've got no. to say the gift of hospitality, you think of those little things to make it exceptional. But we've come through, uh, we had a new house, a big house, and, and of course we had enough bedrooms and hospitality was a given. The yard and all, we could practice hospitality and parties and all that. Then we moved to a place that was in town, a little smaller. I thought, okay, my time of hospitality is done. But no, they didn't come for the house. And now we live in a smaller place yet. And we still get company overnight. And they really don't look at the house as much as feeling that they belong in the warmth and the hospitality. So looking back at your childhood, is there something, a story or a person or a circumstance that really you look back to as impacting you that has influenced your desire to create hospitality for others? Well, I think back as a little girl, uh, I think of my grandma, actually. She didn't have the education, she didn't have the tools, but she had the know-how. And she was legally blind, and yet she always had her door open to somebody or another, somebody who needed a home, somebody who wasn't really accepted. They always had a good chance, and and she gave them a good chance. But she also had boundaries. 
And if they crossed the line, there was consequences, and then they could come back. Uh, so that was very impactful to, to think that she did that in spite of her difficulties that she had in blindness and different things. And then when I think of my mom and dad, there was always something. I think they made their living by giving. They weren't wealthy, but they never run short. And I remember one story of, and this is just an example, of where we grew up, it was quite common if uh, the car turned on, there was no emails, no phone calls to say we're coming, but a car could come and they could have five, six children with them, but we're low on bread or whatever. And we'd run to the neighbors to, to see if they could have a loaf of bread or maybe butter or maybe milk. And so this one time... I ran to one neighbor, and they came back and said, they're low on it, too. And we'll run to the next neighbor. They ran low, too. And my mom whipped up hotcakes, like a pancake, hotcakes. And she figured, I'm going to feed the kids first, fill them all up with hotcakes, and then I'll keep some of my bread for the adults. Well, this was an uppity kind of a family. And so this lady said, uh, would it be okay if I also had some hotcakes? <laughs> sure, Mom said. So she whipped up another big batch, and they had hotcakes. But it was always served with warmth and a wonderful way. And so people didn't have to know that she actually was short in one way or another. Well, and I experienced that hospitality, too, because that's my grandma you're talking about. And and so there was so many times where people would just stop by the door. They could see we're having a family gathering, and a lot of people that didn't fit into family gatherings, but they saw things were going, they knew they would feel acceptance and there would be always a spot at the table. In fact, I'm going to quiz you on this. What is grandpa's favorite saying when we're sitting at the table? Come join the table. There's always room for more. We've been blessed with many a guest that enter our front door. And that was his saying until uh, he lived He lived 101 years. Yep. And that was always his saying. And even in the personal care home, there was always room. There's always that extra chair, always that other. And and our family, my personally family, with my husband and the kids, we are a very diverse family, ethnically diverse, and we come from all kinds of different backgrounds, but we are family. And so when I bring my kids and and, and grandkids to them when they were alive, there was always a room for acceptance. And I thought that that is beautiful. He always created, and your mom, my grandma, always created space for people, particularly those that were marginalized in society. To me, that is a great picture of hospitality. And I thought it was just normal. That's how we live. I thought it was normal, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're, we're sort of vicariously passing that on yeah. to other generations. And I love it. Nothing excites me more than when my kids bring home people right. uh, or bring home others that they're working with that just need a place to land. And nothing honors me more in that legacy that you have passed on to our family. And I love cooking for your family <laughs> when they come. We, we are garburators. I just make lots. And I know they don't always come for the food, um, but it helps. But they, they come for that they want to belong. And I one thing I always like to celebrate is the fact that it isn't just are we blood related. Family is the family of God, and and we can feel close. Doesn't matter where they come from. And and what you were saying, Dad, earlier about this um, mutual benefit for people coming around the table or providing hospitality—that it's it's a two-way street. It is that way too. So when we invite people to our table. Or when we sit at somebody else's table, everybody wins. 
Right. There, we, we lose some blessing if we're not part of the hospitality. Well, I guess I grew up just taking it for granted. I hadn't thought so much of it till I uh, came into the my, my into faith with uh, with Jesus. But but I remember even when we were first married, I didn't think about it at all. I just would bring somebody home, and I would expect Anita. My mom always had something in the fridge, so I thought that was natural. I didn't understand the intricacies of running a house. To be quite honest. And when I asked, "What will I make?" and he says, "You always have something," he said. <laughs> And then I said, well, you said, well, if nothing else, take some in the freezer. And I said, and how does it get there? <laughs> well, you see, I, I worked in business, in the printing business in those earlier years. And people would come in from Toronto or Vancouver. And we didn't have many restaurants in the town where I lived. So I thought, well, I, I don't want to take them there. So, so why don't I bring them home? And so they enjoyed our home-cooked meals. People, big shots from Toronto that I didn't know otherwise. But to us, it was natural. We would do that. And so... I sometimes imposed what I thought was natural on Anita, but fortunately, she had the gift of hospitality and not just the obedience to it. And so how that happened, I think God sometimes changed those loaves and fishes into more, and uh, God blessed us through that. And we made many great friends, some people that we're still in contact with today, many years later, that I got to know through business because they sat at our table, not because of the business I did with them. But I remember the one time you brought an author of a cookbook and her husband overnight, and I was supposed to cook for her, and I was intimidated. And I'm not sure how well I cooked, but we remained friends. But you did it, and she uh, worked with uh, with you, Dad, on the printing of it, so it can't have been that bad. <laughs> I think you got the gift of hotcakes uh, passed on from your mom from grandma because you can make a simple bowl of soup and just put the right touch on the table. You always did it like a little tablecloth, nothing fancy, nothing to impress us, but always something that showed intentionality that you matter, your presence means something to me. And I was sitting at those tables with little pigtails, taking in all these stories from, from coast to coast, these people that would come. And I realized it didn't matter what was served but people were taken in by hospitality. It didn't matter where they came from, but it just shows what Bible says is true. We all are created to belong. We are all created for relationships, and that connection was so valuable. I think it's beautiful. What comes to mind, Wendy, when you talk about your experience growing up in our home, we would practice often on Sunday mornings, we would say to you or your sister or brother and say, today you can invite whomever you want, and they can come over for lunch. And so uh, we didn't know who would be coming. It would be your choice. But uh, we, again, we made friends that we wouldn't otherwise have known. And hospitality is a way of extending who, our values and our beliefs into the lives of other people and also training our children what it means actually to give of ourselves, not just of our food and our home. Wendy, do you remember the time when uh, Daryl and, and Dorland were a little older? I'm not sure just what age you would have been. But there was a time where you're interested in cooking, and one would do a dessert, one would do another, and the other, and we'd cook for a family of, let's say, five, and we didn't know who was coming. But as a family, we cooked together, and next day was a surprise who would come and share it. I think that was a wonderful time. I remember that, and I remember it was our choice, but my older brother and sister would always try to manipulate me to something that, because I always had, like, these weird concoctions I'd like to make, and they were too embarrassed. And so I think I was heavily guided in my choice. <laughs> oh, this is the joy of, of being the youngest. And 
But in reflection, I would say, honestly, I'm not trying to hide anything. I don't necessarily have the gift of hospitality like I see demonstrated in you. But what you have taught me from a biblical perspective that regardless if we are Martha Stewart or we have that extra edge of giftedness, hospitality is something we are called into as as relational beings. And that's something that I've taken to light because you know what? Newsflash, my house isn't always spotless. We have 10 in our home. It, it can't be. And there's there's things on the go and a ministry to run and, and God has called me on a mission yet. God has given me opportunity to be hospitable. And I realize if I just open my heart, open my home and share what I have, what we're eating and they're invited. I've had people from coast to coast. I think of it just from when I was a kid. Now I have people visiting for for ministry, authors and speakers and people that I should be taking them to fine dining. I'm having them around our table and I don't think they're shying away. They can come back for more. <laughs> and so And you always have room for more, even for beds. Oh, we just stack them. <laughs> but that's hospitality. It isn't just eating. It is not just around the table. That's right. It's it's that posture of openness that you matter. We will create space. But I also have to say that I was really I have been really impacted by a lot of my indigenous brothers and sisters in South America where I went to school and where I lived with and where I was doing apprenticeship with in a, in a community in Santa Cruz, there was always a place for more. They always shared what they had with me, and it was reciprocal. And, and I often value that it doesn't matter what I have, but that I have a posture, that open-handed posture, and, and it's just beautiful. So so I've, I've gained a lot from, from that experience, too. It's not just giving in the excess that we have. I don't go to my bank account and say, hmm, I can't afford to invite somebody over. No, we're going to invite people over. We're going to have somebody over, and God supplies. And, and that's that's hospitality as well, which you've demonstrated. What I really appreciate about your household as it's growing and growing and filling, <laughs> uh, that you're sharing. You uh, hold them open in the fact that uh, we can get close to them, and it's it's a good testimony in the community. In the family. Well, a wise woman once said, Nietzsche, that you can't outgive God. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited about a project that we're actually here working on this weekend. My sister, your daughter, Dorlin, is out with DG Design, and we are having a little work retreat that we're pretty jazzed about. We're calling it the Inspiring Hospitality Campaign, and it's all revolving around a cookbook. Now, I want to talk to the author here. Nietzsche, uh, what started this cookbook project to begin with? Well, I think it started by people saying, I like this. How did you make it? And, uh, and especially when the grandchildren grew up, I liked spending time with them. If they were over, they liked to be part of baking. And Grandma, how do you make this? And, and uh, what about that mouse or whatever, something that they weren't used to? We have many different nationalities in the family, so different people make different specialties. And then I, I figured, well, maybe maybe I should pass it on while I still could. And one verse that I was thinking of is Joel 1.3. It talks about passing things on to your children and the children's children to the next generation. And I, I take it seriously, whether it's my legacy of history, family history, or in this case, if they are asking for it, it's my responsibility to 
pass it on. Whether they'll use it or not, that's up to them. So that's where it started. And then I thought, like last year, I started putting it together uh, with some pictures and surprised them at Christmas time. And we all opened our gifts as, at Christmas it's just this last year, a year ago. And everybody was thrilled to see all of Mama's favorite recipes combined and not just yours, but passed down from generation right. to generation. All the things that we love to eat around your table are all bound in a book. And honestly, it created some FOMO for people that said, I want one of those. I want to yeah. see your family pictures. Oh, that's what makes you tick yeah. because it has so much more than just recipes. It has your heart and soul of hospitality right. on it. So now we get to do this. And thanks to the generosity of yourself, you're saying, if we do a reprint, because there was a demand for a reprint that could be given publicly, um, I want the proceeds or I want it to raise awareness for hospitality through Care Impact. And so I'm excited and grateful that you are giving of your recipe book to share with all of our listeners and all the people across Canada who are interested in sort of having a tool in their toolkit for hospitality. It's a great starter kit to, to bring people around and they're tried, tested, and true by so many grandkids that uh, love your cooking and we get to reprint them. And thankfully, all of the, the printing costs have been donated. And actually, Dorlin, who is a designer, she's donating her design work. And what we're inviting all our listeners into this Inspiring Hospitality campaign, and for a minimum donation of $25, we want to gift you this starter kit, this inspiration, this cookbook. And I think it's a great gift idea as well. Are there some favorite recipes or some of the content? Let's let's give our listeners a bit of an idea what they're in for. Well, I think one of the bigger ones I'll uh, move over to uh, Alan's part. That's the smoker. It's a man thing. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, I love uh, doing smoking for my grandkids. It's uh, ribs and uh, bacon and many other things that any meat that goes on there. In fact, I'm looking forward to going shopping this afternoon prepare for more bacon for the grandkids for Christmas. Uh, it's an inspiration, a cookbook, to be able to actually pass on and uh, treat others. I'd say for my part is uh, Mama's buns. Uh, several grandchildren have baked with me using those recipe, that recipe. And uh, one of the great ones also is a peanut butter rolls. Has been oh, those are our favorite amongst our kids. Absolutely. Well, you've got soups, and my favorite would have to be the Vranikia by far. It's the, the Mennonite pierogies with cottage cheese in there and the Shimonfat, the cream gravy. You can't beat mama's. It's not like anybody else's. There's just so many sweets and baked goods mm -hmm. and, like, all the things that bring family together. They're bound in a book. But what I also love and what our family and our grandkids, like, your grandkids, my kids really appreciate is seeing their pictures in it of cooking with them because you ha you've involved them in this cooking. They're learning your bun recipes. They're learning the things that they've always enjoyed and, and you've included them into this book. It just thrills my heart. The other day, we have the four grandchildren, they're ages nine to 15, and they wanted to spend a day with us. And so Ellen picked them up in the morning and we had breakfast with them. And then I said, what would you like to do? Well, the 13-year-old says, I'd like to bake buns. A 13-year-old boy. 
And so we made buns, and I said, what you don't eat here, you have to take home. And they were happy about that as well. They didn't last long, I'll just tell you. <laughs> but it's just so wonderful. It very has very little to do with the, the eating. It's the doing together and building family. One thing I'd like to mention also has been a thrill around our table. There was a wall plaque that our son-in-law and, and our granddaughter Ashley made, and it said, Bless the food before us, the family beside us, and the love between us. And that's such a binding. It's worth so much more than uh, just the food that they eat. Yeah, and, and this recipe book that you've created, intentionally for your grandkids and for your children, and now being passed on publicly to others, is really so much more than just ingredients on a page For sure. and say, do this and you'll impress your guests. It's not about impressing. It's about being able to leverage this. This is your, your fish and loaves, so to speak, to inspire, to grow community around the table. And simple recipes, but that bring great results. And that is my biggest desire, to find that they can come and belong. And I don't think I'm that great a cook or a baker. I but, beg to differ. And nor am I a Martha Stewart in, in designing or presentation. I beg to differ, but... <laughs> but I think it's just the fact, and when I see your family coming around the table, and that uh, adds to the other 20 or so in our family, that they all get along, no matter who they are, where they come, what age they are, that thrills my heart to see that. And throughout the cookbook, you've included stories and quotes and things that have impacted it so much more than recipes it's, it's bringing your heart of hospitality into pages that really inspire people to invite other people around their tables and to be daring to ask that neighbor, ask that stranger, bring that person from work home for dinner. It doesn't matter if they feel out of your league or beneath you, which we hate to say, but sometimes we feel uncomfortable with differences, right? It's not about that. Can we just eat around the table. It's like, it's very Jesus-like. That's what he did, didn't he? And the secret to all of this is, I think I benefit more than they do. Mm. And if I could just add, the reason that we consented to uh, doing this cookbook, even though it's mostly Anita's work, was not just because we wanted you to see the recipes, but if it can inspire you to care for other people. Food and things come with it almost invariably. But it begins by this, the caring thing and how we will impact the world and the community that we live in. God has called us to be hospitable people, and it has no limits and no bounds. We're all part of it. When I see care impact and, and how you reach out and how across Canada you have staff, that is inspiring and that is committed and they're dedicated and so called to do what they're doing and doing it well as a team. I just see how much you're opening your arms and your hearts to people that are less fortunate, people who haven't come from uh, warm homes and stuff. And I just want to do this for you. Thank you. And our team, I have a wonderful team. And, and our greatest desire is to connect and equip the whole church to journey well in community. And this is one of those things. And so 100% of the proceeds that come in from the donations inspired by this book, but 100% 
of those donations are going to fuel the efforts of connecting and equipping churches to be hospitable, to be that in their community. Imagine there's 26,000 churches across Canada and thousands upon thousands of people that would call themselves Jesus followers. Imagine if we were all equipped to be those hospitality agents of truth and reconciliation and love and creating belonging in our neighborhoods. Imagine the impact. So my prayer for this project, again, isn't just to raise our logo higher or raise your recipes higher, although by all means, everybody needs mama's recipes. (laughs) However, my hope and desire and my vision for this project is to rise up together and to be hospitable people, to create a a culture change of hospitality, to reject the idea of individualism, to reject the idea of you do you, I do me, but let's, Mm -hmm. we do we. And and I think this is what your book, really the essence of it is doing we together in a very tangible way. I love the we. So for those listening, interested in ordering one of those books, they should be available by November. So perfect timing for Christmas shopping uh, or or just preparing for for some some holiday guests uh, into uh, this winter. You can go on to our website at careimpact.ca, and there will be a, a landing page there, careimpact.ca, and you're you're welcome to give generously uh, and also let us give, mm-hmm. let my mom give to you this cookbook in your hands. Anitya, we've been talking about um, this project a lot and, and inspiring others towards hospitality. And not only are you gifting this book, you are also putting out a challenge that for every book that people are going to be giving based on donations, you are going to be putting them into a draw. Tell us more. I would love to cook a meal for you. I would take recipes from the recipe book and cook a meal and invite you to our place. So every time that a donation is received, your name will go into the draw. And for those of you that aren't in Manitoba, we are recording in Winnipeg. For those not in Manitoba, we've got you covered. You're gonna you're committed to sending a care package to the lucky winner, right? With some yummy baked goods, <laughs> something recipes from my cookbook again. Well, I'm just so grateful that we've been able to capture this conversation of hospitality. I'm just so grateful for the example that you've given and the generosity you are offering this cookbook uh, through Care Impact. Thank you so much for both coming onto the podcast. You're so welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you for joining another conversation on Journey with Care. We're here to inspire curious Canadians on their path of faith and living life with purpose in community. Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impact, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church to journey well in community. Visit our website at journeywithcare.ca to connect with Care Impact, find the latest updates on our weekly episodes, details about our upcoming events, meetups, and information about our incredible guests. You can also leave us a voice message, share your thoughts, and connect with like-minded individuals who are on their own journeys of faith and purpose. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. Together we can explore ways to journey in a good way. And always remember to stay curious.